So, Jordan, Dave, Binge Watchers crew, and listeners who we call bingers, I'm about to play the scariest podcast intro ever recorded. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> well, Dave, hold your spoilers, David. All right, here we go. When there's no more room in hell, podcasters will talk about it. Scream now, scream later, scream never. It's time for Summer Slash. In fact, it's Summer Slash 4. Keep telling yourself it's only a podcast. <laughs> I got those spine tingling feelings creeping up my spine, David. I'm terrified. The Meeper gets scarier and scarier every year. What is the Meeper? He's our Crypt Keeper. In fact, his backstory is that he went to college with the Crypt Keeper and the creep from what's the other thing? Anthology of movies where the uh with like the oozing pool. Yeah, creep show. So he went he went to school with those guys. But he spent all his time watching movies instead of murdering people, and then he retired, and now he pops up every once in a while on our Summer Slash Horror Movie Film Festival that we have every summer. This is our fourth year out. We're taking a deep stab on some selected horror films. And disclaimer, we haven't watched them ahead of time. We haven't researched them. We're going in blind, so it's a fresh review. That's how committed we are to give you a true Summer Slash experience, folks. And the merch is up. I was able to secure the artwork and get it up into our merch store so you can get the official... Summer Slash 4 t-shirts, hoodie. It actually looks good as a coffee mug. So I think we're going to spoil the co-host this year and hook him up with a mug and a hoodie. And I'm folks, excited. If you're, if you're true fans, this is the merch to get. And also, it helps support the podcast. And we're going to keep rolling the rest of the summer with the Summer Slash stuff. So let's go to some bloody headlines. How about that, Dave? No response. I like that. It's oh, bloody. bloody. I think headlines. Dave... Dave got so scared that he's completely frozen. I think Dave had an internet boo-boo, and he's completely locked up. I'll kick him out. Super, He'll come back. Super spooky. Super spooky. He got so scared that it just, like, dropped his internet. Or he's the first victim, because Summer Slash is cursed, and it could actually kill us off one by one. We don't know. It could be like a Japanese horror movie, Jordan, where just, like, you, you take that phone call. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, one missed call. I don't know if you heard of that movie, but, like, if you take the wrong phone call, that's it. Or if you watch the wrong video, it's over with. Um, I don't so know funny. if Dave's going to come back. So me and Jordan will just keep going until he shows up or doesn't show up. Isn't that also like the fake movie that I don't know if you've seen the movie for getting Sarah Marshall, but that's like the fake movie that they talk mm-hmm. about. Like she was, you know, the, the whole thing. She's an actress. And like, that's yeah. the premise of her fake movie is that she's on an island or something and if you pick up if you picked up the phone you would die and I, like, yeah. so we'll take a second and go to our real theme song and then wait to see if dangerous dave comes back or we'll be back with some bloody headlines uh in like 40 seconds crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the binge watches podcast
Jordan, you know they're making Winnie the Pooh into a horror movie? I So it's funny that it's a part of our headlines because I'd seen an image yeah. of what his costume would look like, and it was terrifying. Yeah, so Winnie the Pooh, it's called Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. And what's funny about this is, like, we were just talking the other week, like, during one of our werewolf episodes that we just did about, like, the Alvin and the Chipmunks encountering the werewolf in a live-action movie, right? So yes. I feel like we set the stage for taking your beloved cartoons and then turning them into a horror movie live action and just and then killing characters live action. Right. So the fact that they're dropping in Winnie the Pooh from like, I guess, like the stories have gone into like, you know, public domain because they've been around since like 19, I don't know, like 1919 or 1920 or something. Right. So the first like four books of Winnie the Pooh encountering Christopher Robin in the what is it? Thousand Acre Woods? Is that the, I'm trying to like, hundred acre woods. From, hundred acre. Oh, yeah. Dave's alive! He survived. He hasn't been killed off on Summer Slash Part One. Me first scared by computer just dude. Yeah, we thought you were the first victim this year. All right, so we're talking about the Winnie the Pooh horror movie. So uh, yeah, like the first four books or something are like in a public domain, and uh, it it looks terrifying. Like I'm really excited. Like I'm actually gonna write a letter to the filmmakers and be like. You gotta let the binge watchers crew take a look at this thing and cover it for one of our shows because this is yes. crazy. So, like, that's an instant binge now for me because it's such a good idea. Like, I'm like, why did nobody already do this? Like, in the last ten years, and then, Dave, what you missed was we literally just talked about how we were talking about taking beloved cartoon characters and doing a live action horror movie, and then like three weeks later in the news, it's almost like we manifested it. Here, they just dropped Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey on everybody. <laughs> It looks spooky. It yeah. looks real scary. There's going to be yeah, a nut movie. It looks like exactly what nightmares are made out of. The costume is sketch. So. Hashtag nightmare fuel. Yeah. And, and bikinis. <laughs> like, I wonder if there's going to be like a jacuzzi. Oh, you're breaking up really bad, Dave. A jacuzzi? That's what it I sounded, heard. Yeah, it sounded like it's something about a jacuzzi. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting night because, you know, Dave's job on the podcast is to deliver uh, behind the scene details about the filmmakers. And so we don't know if we're going to hear anything about tonight's movie because I don't know if Dave can really participate. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I'll IMDB on the fly if I have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jordan will come up with her uh, savage facts in a, in a mm -hmm. heartbeat. Um, yes. The second thing we want to talk about, Jodie Foster is the true detective on the case in True Detective Season 4. It's actually called True Detective Night Country. Dave, you're still frozen, bud. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, bless. So, anyway, True Detective Season 4, Night Country. It's about two detectives trying to solve um, uh, the disappearance of six people that vanished from an Arctic research station in Alaska. It actually sounds like the horror movie The Thing, but with Jodie Foster in the cast. It's in the Arctic. It's frozen. There's a research facility... Someone or something has killed six people. We don't know what's happening. Insert Jodie Foster. I love what she's going to bring to this new season of True Detective. Uh, I was talking about it with a movie buff at work. Mm. And it's just, we were talking about like her speed, like how she's like a slow speed. But that's sometimes just what you need for certain movie characters. And so I'm excited to see. What do you mean like slow speed? Like she finally gets around to the to. No, 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 no. No, just more of like her like dialogue and like like her speech is like not 
she she almost sounds monotone, but not necessarily, you know, but it works oh, like yeah. really well. Yeah. Frankie. I, f- I feel like um, bringing somebody of her caliber into that world we'll is exactly that. what they need to like reset it. Right. For Revamp. Right. Since it's been yeah. so long, I think it's totally true. He's back, baby. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> If you're listening to us, oh, we're man. making this we're inter- going to be a haunted podcast. <laughs> it really is, Dave. We're we're dropping facts and then inserting dialogue about what's happening to your internet over there. Um, I get the to third, to an episode. Yeah, great. Uh, the third headline of the bloody headlines is that they're remaking the Cube. So Lionsgate has the rights to it. I didn't know that. So the Cube is like a horror movie that comes out like the. Middle or late 90s, I might be wrong about the timing of it, but basically, these people wake up, they've been drugged, they wake up inside of a cube, and they have to go from room to room, and they think they figure out the rules, and but they haven't really, what they, like, base their strategy on, they find out, to, like, spoiler alert, they find out that's not how the cube operates, and really the cube is inside, like, a labyrinth of cubes, and, you know... Uh, they're trying to get out of there, and it's really crazy because the rooms keep changing, and it, the cube re- reconfigures itself in the maze. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Um, I never saw the Cube Zero, which is like a prequel, and I think there was an Asian remake at one point. So I think there's technically already three Cube related movies, but um, they're seeking pitches, Dave. So you need to submit your pitch to the new Cube, and you know. If you want to throw in a Wolfman in one of those rooms, wow. go ahead. If you want to tie it in, you know, <laughs> to your other franchise you're working on. So if, if oh, Dave's with us, I only heard half of that. It was like da 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 da, da cabin in the woods. <laughs> All right, well, the cube no kind of sounds like a. Well, you did say the cabin in the woods, right? Did that? Did I just make that up? Did I just hear that? You heard that. Dave is no, trying to I, plug I, in. I, I, but that's what it sounds like. Is like a I don't know a horror story within this like changing square. I guess I don't know. I'd seen it once, long time ago. That's it. Which brings us to tonight's movie for Summer Slash. It's called Neon Maniacs. It's about a group of teenagers in San Francisco that discover a nest of homicidal monsters living in a tower inside the Golden Gate Bridge of all places. But then when they try to tell the cops about it, nobody believes them. Spoiler alert, this movie gives us a final girl in the first 20 minutes. And then the movie continues on from there. After like, well, I guess it's not Central Park, because Central Park is in New York, but it looks exactly like a Central Park. I don't know if they're really shooting in San Francisco or just somewhere in, in Southern California, like L.A. Basin. Uh, that just looks uh, like a... Part of LA it was in Glendale. Yeah. Glendale, it was Glendale Park. All right, so Glendale Park. Can't really afford to shoot in San Francisco. Not even in the 80s. Oh, there's a few uh, shots, but so Dave, now that you're actually with us and it's not just your ghost, do you have some deadly details about tonight's movie? I do. Um, so this, um, we'll we'll get more into it later about how this changed my perception. But uh, the movie had several production problems and had to be shut down for three months at one point uh, while funding was uh, secured to finish it. Uh, the script was never fully filmed due to due to this and a lack of explanation, such as where the maniacs came from or why they choose to live near water despite being that being their biggest vulnerability um and due to the three months hiatus many of the maniacs did not come back and they had to hire new ones so many of the maniac characters have uh, multiple uh 
actors playing them. Um, a bigger ending battle was planned, but a budget prevented this. And of course, the movie just comes to an abrupt end. Um, many consider this movie just to be an incomplete film. Um, Alan Pune, who directed Cyborg, was the original choice for director, but he was busy on another project and said they brought on uh, cinematographer Joseph Mangine. Um, some of his cinematography credits include Squirm, both Alligator movies and Swamp Thing, the TV show from the 90s. Um, and uh, the writer, pa Mark Patrick Carducci, uh, cl clearly a fan of B-movies and creature features. Uh, he actually wrote Pumpkinhead and uh, directed a documentary called Flying Saucers Over Hollywood uh, about Plan 9 from Outer Space and Ed Wood. And, um, well, John, you caught something that I didn't notice immediately. Uh, clearly, one of the characters is a big movie fan, but you notice they're wearing a Nostromo hat from Alien? Yeah, one of the three leads. Her character's name is Paula. I'll talk about her again in a little bit, but she's wearing... A prop hat, you know, from the first Alien movie, because there's a crew member in there who's like the mechanic, and he always has the cap on, right? And it says Nostromo, USS Nostromo, whatever, and like the insignia for the spaceship. So yeah, so the character Paula is wearing it throughout the whole movie. But she also has a rig in her house. She also has like a little editor's jock shuttle rig between two VHS decks where she's like cutting her own little scary movies together, right? She's like making a Dracula yeah. movie when the film starts. Um, the other, the one thing that I found interesting was like, you're saying they had to replace the mutants. I find that very amusing. <laughs> like, like we had some mutants, they bailed on us. We're going to have to recruit some new mutants. Like that to me, right. super well, funny. I mean, I found a lot of parts of the movie confusing, which again, and not having the whole movie. Cause the makeup changes. Sense. Cause like the act, the actor's height changes or like, cause you can see that the mutants change a little bit or. You're well, just that, there's about... like no explanation for what they are, where they come from, or anything, which was all in the script that didn't get to get filmed. So, like it, that kind of. But stuff. it was cool. There were tarot cards with the main mutants on it in the beginning, right? And then they those ones didn't come back really. Like they were completely different in the rest of the film. It well, like. well, they had the main three: the samurai guy, the crossbow guy, and the little alligator dude. They had those were consistent, but yeah. they were like. That made, made me think of Grimace from the <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Oh, man, Grimace. Mm. Nice. All right, we'll be right back after these messages. We have a new sponsor this summer that I want to tell you about. It's Diet Smoke. If you visit dietsmoke.com and you punch in our promo code binge watchers, you'll get 20% off their Diet Smoke THC gummies. Now, I got very excited the other day. A package showed up. A pretty little pink package. I opened it. It was watermelon-flavored gummies. Watermelon is like one of my favorite flavors. I got so excited, I popped three. I was going to sit down to watch this cartoon movie about chipmunks. While also doing work for the podcast, I had to pivot and watch these interviews. Now, I felt like suddenly it was me, myself, and I, mind, body, spirit, watching these movies. Because as it turns out, Diet Smoke provides you with the best way to make movies even better. And it really was like that. I felt like I was taking a ride on like the Yellow Submarine to attend Willy Wonka's birthday party. Willy Wonka's birthday party, okay? Now, most customers are going to report that the gummies are going to help them relax in the evening or unwind. It actually is better than alcohol to just relax and unwind. It gives you the perfect high because it's formulated. It's not too strong. It's just right. It's the right buzz every time. The signature gummies are actually optimized with Delta 8 hemp-derived THC. It's how they managed to perfect the feeling that I had the other day. The ultimate manageable high. I'm getting excited because I like the product. It's actually infused with 10 milligrams of American-made hemp-derived 
Delta HTHC. American made, baby. All of the Diet Smoke gummies are third-party lab tested to ensure quality for all the batches. The gummies come in two delicious flavors, blue raspberry and watermelon. You don't need a medical card or a license to get Diet Smoke, as it's 100% legal THC. If you're not 100% satisfied, Diet Smoke will give you your money back, no questions asked. For a limited time only, Diet Smoke is extending this special offer to our listeners. You can use our promo code, BINGEWATCHERS, at checkout. You'll get 20% off your entire order. Go to dietsmoke.com, punch in that promo code BINGEWATCHERS for 20% off. That's dietsmoke.com, promo code BINGEWATCHERS for 20% off the Diet Smoke THC gummies. If you read the FAQ, it says take like a half a gummy. If you're experienced, take a whole gummy. So, do I recommend you have a movie party, a watch party, like Johnny Spoiler here? Not necessarily. But you're going to enjoy the gummies nonetheless. So get over to DietSmoke.com, promo code BingeWatchers, for 20% off their Diet Smoke THC gummies. Usually at this point in the show, we go to favorite bits. But actually, we're going to do favorite kills. Starting with me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, two kills. Two kills that are my favorite. I loved the double beheading in the beginning when they were at the park by the samurai. Because I feel like the moral of the story in a lot of horror movies is if you are getting it on, you're dead. Right? And so they were uh, in the park, got beheaded by the samurai. My second favorite one is during the band battle off. Um, and it's not really like a kill that you see, but I just loved like how it happened is the drunk girl who turns around to see the Indian creature and she is all sloshy and spills her beer and he starts like backing away from her. And then, um, then, uh, then you just see her dead body being dragged a little bit later. So thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Favorite kills? Nope, he's unmuted. Yeah, <laughs> I muted you because I can hear myself coming through your computer. So I was asking you to check your mic source. Oh, because I can hear myself coming through your computer. Okay, can you still hear yourself? Uh, no, uh, did you fix it? I guess something. Maybe turn your volume down. Um, I don't know if it's exactly a kill because I don't remember what uh, happened to the person. But um, during the subway, um, kind of like last week when just something kind of came out of nowhere, grabbed her. Um, and then I guess they splashed water on it and it just dissolved off and now they're just left with the hand. But that was just a, kind of a fun bit because, um, quite honestly, it took the double beheading <laughs> that I would have said, too. I did enjoy that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was an interesting part. Uh, what about you, John? So when Paula assassinates one of the mutants in her bathtub in her room, that's my favorite. Yeah. Also, the other thing that I like, it's not a kill. But then the boyfriend, the BFF or whatever, he's like, when all the mutants are attacking this uh, battle of the bands at the high school, it's like a high school party and all the kids are running out of the gymnasium. It's all chaos. And Paula's like 13, 14. She's like a preteen. And Hmm. the other main girl, I I don't remember her name or the guy's name is like Joe or something, but um, I forget their names. But anyway, so main girl and main dude. The main, she's like, we gotta say, we gotta, where's Paula? They didn't see where she was because she was like battling mutants with a fire hose. Spoiler alert, folks, water kills the mutants. Um, they leave her there in the gym because he goes, ah, oh, Paula can take care of herself. And I'm like, she, Paula has shown that to be true in this movie. 
because she's just so like uh, such a well-defined person. She's like, I got this. No big deal. She's like, um, let's see if we talk about, if we talk about Joseph Campbell's story and myth, then actually in Chris Vogler's update of the story myth concept, she's the character that doesn't change. She changes everything else around her. So anyway, I think they actually call that a misfit character, but, um, Anyway, so Paula gets left behind, and I'm like thinking, like, his character the whole movie was kind of cool, but then he did that. It's like, well, that's an asshole maneuver. And then they break one of the Golden Horror movie rules. I mean, I'm led to believe that they got down in the science room, right? Like, they, they looked like they were yeah. about to initiate some lovemaking in the science room, right? Yeah, and they were yeah. about to hook up, right? And I'm like, <laughs> you're surrounded by mutants. Like, you're hiding, you're hiding in the science room. Out of fear that the mutants are going to come by and you don't got a water supply to deal with them. But then they go for it. I'm like, I, okay. I guess they just said, you know, throw the rules out the window because if mutants are going to eat us, we might as well hook up and have a good time. One last go around and hurrah. I don't I don't know. It would have been so, her first go around. Remember, they talked about that in the beginning of the movie. Maybe oh, yeah, she that's didn't right. want to die oh, yeah, She's the only version yeah, in, uh, in... Okay, so in the beginning of the movie, the rule saved her life because she's sitting in the van and she's a virgin and her virginity saves her life. Toward, now, 80 minutes into the movie, spoiler alert, she's about to bang a dude in a science lab. Granted, he did save her life kind of maybe on the train. I don't know. He seemed very helpful and genuine. And then, like, then you realize, oh... It was just a nice guy routine because he left Paul in the gymnasium. Anyway, uh, listen, like this movie could be in like the category of like a Waxworks 2, Vampires in Retreat, like, uh, you know, Sunset Vampires in Retreat or like um, uh, Warlock 2. Dave, there's like a specific set of movies that this could like slip itself into, you know, like in a subcategory of like fantasy horror fun times, you know what I'm saying? Uh, now we're going to rate it. And usually we say, you know, binge now, binge later, binge never. But our rating system this year, because it's Summer Slash, so during the festival it's going to be Scream Now, Scream Later, or Scream Never. Uh, and Jordan, you're you're back up to bat on this. Okay. Um, it was Scream Later for me. I definitely liked it. I loved the costumes. They were pretty ridiculous. Um, would, it, would I go tell my friends to watch it tomorrow? Maybe not, but it was definitely really fun. Fun to peep, for sure. What about you, Dave? I, I agree. Uh, scream later. Um, it was almost a scream never for me, but then re actually doing my research for the uh, Dangerous Facts this week, I'm like, all right, I gave it a little leeway. There's enough fun in it that, that if you do get to watch it, there's stuff there, but there's so many logic problems. Anybody who's been to San Francisco, that is the emptiest train. That is the emptiest <laughs> bus. Like, does anybody live in San Francisco? Because I've never seen it that empty ever. But that was right. part of the spookiness. It was supposed to be scary. It's the midnight train to nowhere, you know? It's supposed Again, to be terrifying. You've been, I've been on trains at San Francisco at midnight. Mm. They are never that empty. So you're not able to suspend your disbelief. You're just like, I'm not even going to go there with that one. Well, I mean, again, there's other logic problems. Like, again, this is mm. like they their main vulnerability is water. And then where's their camp? By the, by the sea. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Yeah, but do you ever think that maybe they had a medieval battle and somebody stuck the mutants there so they would contain them? Well, the, the funny thing is, is there was going to be explanation. Like they were, there was interdimension. They came from another dimension, or it was an interdimensional thing mm. that landed them there. Uh, but that never got explained in the movie because they didn't film it. 
Well, you do see one portal in the back of a pickup truck or ice cream truck, whatever that vehicle utility vehicle is inside of their well, shed. Yeah. But again, there's like no explanation for it. I mean, I didn't know what the hell that was until I looked up the, about the movie. David, come on. How many portals the hell have you seen in horror movies? Oh, I mean, quite a few, actually. It's glowing. There's smoke. The detective dies. Spoiler alert. So you got to you can assume that it's a portal to hell. <laughs> sure. Oh, this wow. Is... Dave's not going for it. You know how I know Dave's not into a movie? The tone in his dangerous facts will be negative. They didn't finish the script. They didn't okay. get the right director. They had to change the mutants halfway through this thing. Well, yeah, because that's that's the interesting stuff. I, I live for that. All right. Groups. So I was happy with this movie. And even the beginning where it's like, and then in the shadows for the children, the neon mutants. And then like you see like the magic hour fishermen. And then the classic axe that goes in and out of camera frame is like a standard. It's like a, you got to have this trope. It's a slasher trope. You got to see it every time. And then I'm watching the, the park scene and I'm like, they're not going to kill. They just introduced all the teenagers having to get, they're not going to kill all the teenagers right now. Oh my gosh. They've, they've killed all the teenagers right now. And, and then, uh, and then you're talking about the train. Like if it was filled with people, I don't think I would be worried about them. Like, I was worried. I'm like, okay, there's mutants behind them. A mutant's driving the train. Like, where are they going to go? They're going to run out of train cars. Like, so, you know, and it was just luck that saved them on the train. Uh, this was, would have been a binge now for me, except for the abrupt ending, which ties into your facts, because you said there was a different ending planned, maybe. So I was right there until, like, the dude was like, well, I hope you have your squirt gun, because we don't know. It's, it's going to stop raining, and then... It's like the movie got played off stage with like a, you know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah. oh, so the, the vaudeville ending. It's like, man. So could I recommend it to others? Yeah, but it wouldn't be the first thing. So we got to stick it to a scream later. Mm-hmm. But I mean, props for the idea. I mean, I think I've never seen another movie like this. Anyway. Um, there's only two other movies I can think of that kill monsters with water. Wizard of Oz and then M. Night Shyamalan's movie with the aliens, right? Like he, his monsters have a thing with water. Science, yeah. Yeah. Now we... Oh, are you ready for the next? Ready? Are you ready? Let's do it. For cursed, cursed staff picks. Usually we talk about other movies and TV shows we might have seen in case you're not, you know, down with the movie of the week for whatever reason. It's not your cup of tea. We have a couple other things that we watch and we can tell you about what we're doing, cursed staff picks, where yes. one of us has selected a movie for someone else to watch, and they have to watch it, and they have to review it, because it's a curse. And if they don't do it, I don't know what happens. Their internet goes out. <laughs> um, all right, so first, uh, who gave Jordan a movie, what movie, and then we'll hear Jordan talk about it. Uh, that would be me. I gave Jordan um, one of my favorite movies, uh, May. We've never actually done an episode. I don't even know if I've mentioned it on the show, but I know in personal. You know what, Dave? You've been pushing to get May on the Binge Watchers podcast for a long time. (laughs) What a passive aggressive way to get it on the show is to give it it. to Jordan. Well, because I wanted her to watch a good movie, and I thought that would be up. Sure, sure. Now we have to talk about May. Here we go. Hey, nice work, though, Dave. You got me good on this one. I love, love, loved it. I loved that May. She's like so awkward and. She's like awkwardly pretty. She's just a strange girl who works as a 
short for a vet clinic and she's given a doll as a little kid and that's like her friend if you can't get friends and make them right so that's her whole mom's reason behind giving her the friend and then she grows up to be this like awkward chick and uh the scene that sticks out the most to me is when may brings the doll to the uh to the, the school for blind kids. Mm. And one of the little girls is super bossy and she pretty much takes the doll from May and the doll's in a box. And so the glass box, the glass box breaks all over the floor. And then the blind kids are trying to get the doll and they're like crawling on this glass. And now it's like blood mm. bath, blood bath. And the, the doll's being ripped apart. And that was like kind of the peak of, of the movie, I guess, of where May gets pushed overboard. And then she decides to go on a killing rampage to make a friend out of all of her favorite parts of the people that she knows. Definitely a binge job for me. I recommend going to see it. And it was... Super good. <laughs> Love yeah, it. A I, lot. I, I thought you liked that one. Um, um, it was so good. Um, well, wait, John, who gave oh. who gave Dave a movie? Oh yeah, who did? What movie was it? It was called Death Warmed Up. Um, oh, I gave it to you. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um, this was a nice surprise. I never even heard of this movie. Like John's been trying to spitball certain things like, Hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? I'm like, yes, yes, no, yes, no. But this is one I've never even heard of before. Um, let alone seen it. Uh, it's an Australian movie, uh, like Australian eighties movie, which is kind of fun. Cause I don't think I've seen other than Razorback. I can't recall seeing an eighties Australian horror movie. And there's something. Oh, is it New Zealand? Zealand? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was, well, they kept saying good day. So I just assumed it was Australian. I guess that makes me racist. <laughs> I don't know against Australians or <laughs> New Zealanders. I don't know which. I, I apologize to both. Uh, There's a running feud between Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, okay, so New Zealand. Um, but it, it's basically like The Hills Have Eyes meets um, Island of Dr. Moreau. It starts off with a doctor experimenting on uh, a kid. He ends up uh, killing a bunch of people and being thrown in an institution saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Cut to, I think, 15, 20 years later, a group of, they're not teens, I guess, and like post-college kids hanging out, drinking beers on a ferry, going to an island where all these, kind of like tonight's movie, mutants, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like people operated on to to kill and have just a desire to kill people. Um, It's pretty fun. I don't know, like I said, seeing uh, Australia in the 80s, like there's a like the music that kind of sounds like American music of the eighties, but kind of different. Like there's a song just called I like to drive where they keep singing. I like to drive over and over, but like to a funky eighties beat. Um, I know it, it, and it was very short movie too. It was very fun. Um, I should have come more prepared to talk about the full plot, but (laughs) and just more telling you, I enjoyed it. Thanks John. Uh, Yeah. Binge now for me. If if you want to try a slasher that, nobody's really heard of because i certainly never heard of it before this week it sounds nice i picked knife and heart for john i had to go on to wikipedia and figure out what the actual definition of slasher like slasher mm-hmm. films was and that because you guys are obviously you know you went to film school so i come from a very like novice standpoint of like the more technical side of movies but I, it like put me down this rabbit hole of like what people refer to as like slasher. Um, and so that put me into a rabbit hole picked 
a more recent film and sent it to him. Did not know that he had already been trying to watch it, I guess, but I'll let John talk about it. Yeah. So I've known about Ninth uh, Plus Heart for a little while. Um, The direct translation is actually A Knife in the Heart, which I think is a better title. But for some reason, for the U.S. market, they decided to write Knife knife Plus Heart or whatever. Hmm. Um, uh, So it was in my queue. Then it went off the streaming service that it was on. And then I found it again. Of all places, IMDb has a uh, Roku channel now called like Free Free V or whatever. Yeah. So it's in their catalog right now, folks, if you want to take a look at it. But it's a French giallo. So it's taken all the rules of Giallo, but it's made by French filmmakers. And it actually has Johnny Depp's ex, who's like a singer and a French model. She plays the main character, Anne. Her name is uh, Vanessa Paradis, which her, her last name is kind of interesting, but it's it's spelled like Paradise, but it's pronounced like Paradis because it's French. Um, I didn't know if she could act or not, but I was like intrigued watching her in this movie. It follows the rules of Giallo, except for it breaks one major rule of slasher movies, which is... You got to have like a minute, like a every 10 minutes, somebody should die in a horror movie. That's like a golden rule, right? And also keeps the audience on the edge of their seat. And if you don't follow that, you're kind of breaking the rules. But if you're breaking the rules, you got to give us like an alternative. And it doesn't necessarily do that. But there's a couple of grotesque murders in the beginning. But the subject matter is not for every, not for like the average horror movie watcher. This is a movie for somebody that's like seen all of Fulci's film catalog, has watched like edge of uh, like on the edge of the park has seen like uh martyrs high tension mm. and then also doesn't have any qualms about sexuality like i like knife plus heart i almost put in our lineup for summer slash but i was like you know it's gonna split the room in half it's gonna split the audience like 50 50 <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> so they definitely push this as like uh an unrated movie like there's i mean like I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much, how many details should I drop on this movie, Jordan? <laughs> like, no, I think that was probably probably, good. probably not many because I've yeah. never heard of it, and now I'm like intrigued. So, well, I mean, it does have a good reason for the guy killing people, and he uses he uses an instrument. Okay, so uh, I'll give one detail about why it would split our audience. Like he he has a knife inside of a dildo, and that's what he uses to kill people with until he loses the part of the dildo, and then he has just the knife attachment so um so and like the movie's the, about the like seven well <laughs> yeah so, the whole movie so anyway that's that's as many details as i'll drop on it but did i enjoy it yes i did so <laughs> it's, yeah. it's right up my alley like when jordan dropped the the message giallo i was like you won't believe this but i just queued that up like two days before you told me to watch it so but I, at that time it wasn't ruined it wasn't like i broke the rules of the cursed right. picks i hadn't actually watched anything but the opening credits so that's fine plus it would have taken me an eternity to pick a movie for you because it just would have been too much pressure so i went for it (laughs) okay so now you open up the topic to what i want to reach like both both of you had told me that there's too much pressure to pick johnny a movie which i'm like oh i gotta really dig into this and find out why you guys gave me the exact same message like if i gotta pick for you that's pressure i gotta understand this pressure I'll, I'll let you start, Jordan. Like, what haven't you seen? You know, and I, I'm gonna oh. run into that for both of you. It's not even just you, yeah. but even Dave. I'm like, I don't even know. Is this a real slasher? I 
it's a lot of pressure, you know, but I, I don't like to pick things, you know, like that's I mean, kind of, you know, yeah, kind of the same for me. I don't know. I mean, and you and I collectively, John, have seen a ton of slashers, but I don't know if like what you haven't seen. And so I'm like, that's why we go back for like, have you seen this? And not on top of that, on top of that, it's not simply something that you haven't seen, but something you're going to enjoy because, you know, again, we having seen so much stuff. So we've, Oh no, it would be good to trash a movie that you guys have assembled for me. (laughs) That's like, that's like when Paramount's like, yeah, you guys can promote our movie, but just don't review it. Don't tell anybody (laughs) whether or not you like the movie. Just tell people that it's come out. (laughs) You know? Okay. Seems yeah. like a veiled code. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've heard your show. It's brutally honest. It's entertaining. But you guys are going to tell us whether or not we should actually see something. And we're trying to get everybody to go to the box office and see this movie. Okay. What's your point? <laughs> you know, like, it's binge watchers, baby. That's all I can say. I I think that's funny. So we're actually going to dole out some more movies because we're going to keep the cursed staff picks going this whole run, David. Oh, no. Are you ready? Sure. Why not? Okay, so I guess the rotation now is, I had this figured out in my head the other day, but now I'm kind of forgetting which way it needs to go. So, uh, which way does it have to go? I pick for Dave. Dave. And then I pick for John. For you, and then you pick for me. And I got to pick something for Jordan. Okay. That's funny. Okay, Jordan, what does the person have to, Dave has to watch your movie, right? Uh, Yes, and I picked... 12 hours, sh- 12, 12 hours shift. I think that's what it's called. It's this actually same main actress. It, it has, it has the, May. I've actually seen this. It has the uh, actress. Then I'm going to have to find another one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. That's well, okay. I got it. It was like a two second review of it, David, like two sentence review since you've already that's seen perfect. it. Um, man, I would not want to work a uh, late night at an ER when uh, shit's going down. That's the best I can tell you. That that tells us nothing. Thanks, David. Okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh it's about possession, isn't it? No, I don't think it's it not the one where isn't that the one where the isn't the body possessed? Oh, I think are you thinking of the autopsy? Or wait, is this the one at the police station? Where the no, this is one at an ER. She harvests or she harvests organs for like, okay, yeah, for I, like I, organs. I haven't seen this one. You know, right. I'll rewatch it. I'll rewatch it. I, it's been a while. So clearly, yeah, Dave, I can't remember all the. Dave doesn't games. remember a damn thing about this movie, so that's what you got to watch, Dave. You're cursed, you're, David. You're cursed it with sucked, it, and now he has to watch it a second time. Yeah. So we'll oh, that's find fine. out. I remember enjoying it. Um, okay, so for John, um, I am choosing. It's like ninety one, ninety two. Uh, slasher popcorn. Uh, I think you're gonna. Have <laughs> <laughs> I think you're gonna have a lot been, of fun. With I've this been movie. avoiding this movie like the plague. Okay, all right. Really? Why? I'm curious. The movie's called Popcorn. Find out next week, David. Yeah, the movie's called Popcorn. Right. I guess I guess I chose the one John's gonna hate now. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> I enjoy this movie. See what John thinks. Wow. Wow. What'd you pick for me, John? Are you ready? Maybe you're gonna watch a movie called You're Next. Perfect. It's actually a recent movie to 2011. Okay, okay. I'm excited. Yeah, I think I think you'll have a lot of fun with that one, actually. Ooh. Oh, that one you remember. 
So are these? I was put on the spot. Uh, <laughs> Quick review this thing you only... saw like two years ago that you didn't know you're going to talk about tonight. Uh, uh... Yeah. Are these the only movies that we're watching, or we got? Don't we have another one that we got? To see? Well, we have a we have oh, a wow. summer slash entry. Yeah, we got like, the next film on the summer slash okay. list. So if the audience is okay. following at home, I'm trying to dig it up because I know I sent it to you guys. I think it's time crimes. If I think it's time crimes, but I'll just confirm. Dave, you remember what that other movie's about yet? <laughs> Somebody's selling organs and uh, stuff goes awry. There's like crime going on. <laughs> a lot of blood. A lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah, we are watching Time Crimes. Okay, next week's movie is Time Crimes. It's another French horror movie. Here we go. This will be our French year. Wee oui, wee. David, I just want you to know something. Jordan was ready to carry this entire episode on her back. Like mm-hmm. a champion. Just she would have done a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. That was quick too. Jordan This was feels like that this feels like that threat from a boss. Like, you know you're replaceable, right? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't miss those threats. Anyways. Mm. Yeah, my back is hurting. Just kidding. From painting. Of course it's from painting. What other activity could it possibly be from? That's it. Okay, come back next week. It's Summer Slash Episode 2. We'll be talking about time crimes. <laughs>